Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy here, Daryl, with Patreon developer and co-host Nicholas Scalp on Buy and Build. Today we have a very special episode. It's our very first interview of 2022. We have our first ever e-commerce, SEO, email, and SMS specialist on the show. Normally we interview people who are creating businesses and they're doing SaaS, but this year we wanted to transition a little bit because we know that there's tons of people out there who are listening to our show who are thinking about building your own, their own business, but it might not necessarily be in SaaS. And in, in that same way, Nick and I have transitioned our business to building up our email list, going to D to C, or just building up an audience. And we thought this next guest is perfect. He is the CEO of Supply Drop Media that specializes in helping six to eight figure brands scale with email marketing, as well as combining direct response with modern D to C marketing. Welcome to the show, Danavir Saria. Thanks for having me, man. How's it going today? Going great, man. It's perfect. Awesome. So just so everyone is aware of our relationship and how I got to know you, we're both in the trends group. You're really active there in posting. And I think we just connected that way. And I, I saw that you post a lot on your like Facebook statuses about all this email marketing stuff. And I got really engaged. And so I thought you'd be the, a great guest to come on the show. So just starting off, who is Danavir? Tell us a little bit about his background. And before we get into all the stuff about email marketing and business stuff, tell us what kind of music or podcasts you listen to, just so then we know a little bit about yourself. Got it. We're going that direction. Basically, I'm just a Miami boy. I've been here my whole life, been here since before the whole crypto craze and everyone started coming here from New York and California or whatever. But yeah, and I'm just like a Hispanic of like almost everyone here in Miami-Dade County. So in terms of what music I like, I'm Hispanic. I like reggaeton. And I like, I actually like soundtrack, like movie soundtracks a lot. So that's my big thing. So either one of those two things. And then what was the other question you asked? Do you listen to podcasts? Oh, podcasts. Uh, honestly, I just listen to business podcasts. You that's know? okay. What yeah, kind of business podcasts do you listen to? I like uh, My First Million with, with Sam Parr, obviously Trends. And I, I listen to a lot of the e-commerce specific podcasts. Some of the direct response, like Roland Frazier, I think his name is something about like lunch or business lunch, something like that with Roland Fraser and a couple of those. Those are like kind of like the big ones I, I, I listen to. Like basically you follow, you, if you follow them on, on, you know, iTunes and you just click other recommended ones, I probably listen to those too. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Yeah. Actually our show is based off of my first million a little bit and inspired us to do this podcast. And actually is a little bit of a direction that we're going in, which is more conversational, just getting to know like topics that are in the current events. Yeah. We all built inspiration from that show. Yeah. Maybe now tell us a little bit about how you got started in this whole marketing and D to C world. Like how did D to C, the e-commerce stuff, I've only been in it since 2017-ish. Maybe I wouldn't even count it like 2018, like for real. So I would say 2018. So what's that? Three years, four years. I've been in, a, but I've been a direct response digital marketer since I was 16 years old, which was 12 years ago. And that I got started. Basically, I long story short, I wanted to get rich selling 
workout programs online. I wanted to build beach body. That was my dream when I was 16 years old because I was really into fitness, especially strength conditioning. And I learned from this guy called, his name was Craig Ballantyne. You might've heard of his name before. And he was like, hey, I make seven figures selling these little eBooks, which workout programs from Google Doc, from you know uh, Microsoft Word and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, I could do that too. And so basically what I asked, this is actually a bit of a pivot here, but I, I actually cold emailed a street magician on YouTube who's who sold like how to do street magic courses and I asked him to do free work and eventually he gave me a chance to do uh, free work and that's basically how I got into internet marketing digital marketing in general primarily as a copywriter and email copywriter and then stayed throughout that path for years until four years ago I made a switch to e-commerce when I decided I didn't want to do online courses anymore and I wanted to sell my own apparel brand it obviously failed but that's basically how I got into e-commerce four years ago. That's awesome. So you started off by more or less plugging into this pre-built street magic company altogether, or what did that look like when you first stepped in and what direction did that go in? Yeah. So he was really popular on YouTube. So when I got in, I went from having like absolutely zero experience. I didn't even know what copywriting was. I didn't know, I didn't know what anything was. I, I followed the direct response marketers on uh, subscribe to their newsletters and stuff. But I didn't know what anything was. And so I just jumped in basically to a list of like 20,000 people. And at, at, at like in the first, I'd say two months, I guess I was just like, okay, I was writing uh, emails on Google and I was literally writing those emails. I was just like, okay, what is, what is Frank Kern doing today? Okay. Let me take that email. Let me put it here. Let me discombobulate a little bit and see if it, if it works. And it actually worked. I, was I read it, I read my emails a couple of weeks ago, what I used to do when I was 16 years old. And I was like, damn, those are actually pretty damn good emails. But, but yeah, and that's basically what it was. And then a couple months in after that, he was basically, he didn't make that much money from the online courses and stuff. It was mostly from the YouTube channel. But at that point, it was just like, hey, listen, just, he told me just run the entire email marketing operation. Like I was, so for like two years, I basically did everything. I did all the copywriting, all the strategy. I did the JVs. I did the whole ClickBank finding affiliate products to make more sales and all that kind of stuff. Like I literally did that for two years. And that's basically like from 16 to 18. So basically end of 10th grade till senior year of high school, I was basically like, that's how I got my education in, in direct response and internet marketing back then. That is the coolest like 16 year old hustle I've ever heard of. <laughs> like you found someone cool on YouTube and you're like, I can make you more money. Let's just do that. <laughs> Not even, I just don't do it. Can I, can I, I, I want to learn this stuff. I'll do, I'll work. I'll help, help you for free. I'll help you for free. And it was just, he just, sure, I guess. He was, he was basically like, sure. I, th I, had, I had to do like a, a project at one point. Like he wanted to make like a, like a little ebook, like street, mag street magic showmanship, I called it. Because like, I was also into street magic, which is why I emailed him. And I, he, he was surprised that I could actually make an ebook basically. And then he was like, oh, let's do the emails. And they're really easy. And I was like, okay, sure. And at the time, like the only thing I was making, like barely my parents were even giving me, my parents never gave me any allowance or anything. So I was like, you know what? These emails, I get 30 minutes. I'll make myself 200 bucks a month. So whatever. That's awesome. Real question. Real talk. Do you know any street magic or what? I do. <laughs> I, I, do I do. Like the David Blaine's the card tricks. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't know if you've ever seen, if you, you've probably seen him, but I don't know if you ever remember any of the tricks that he does in his specials, but there's one where it's called, it's called a two card Ponte, where like he tells, he tells you to hold like these two cards and then you flip them over and they both turn out to be aces, but like it's all sleight of hand or like the Vegas gamblers, what they do when, how they shuffle the cards. So they're like, they'll say they're picking the cards from the table and then they're like, 
secretly without you noticing, they'll have their pinky finger on one of the cards that is super important for them for some reason. And then they'll do this like little shuffle. I forgot the proper name, but it's, 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 a, it's basically a quick shuffle that puts that card onto the top half of the deck really quickly without you noticing, without you noticing. And so you can use those things and stuff to do street magic and all that kind of stuff. It's all sleight of hand. So I was like, yeah. I think you're nice. breaking the law right now. I think you can't tell us this. <laughs> <laughs> law magic. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> nice. You are doing tons of stuff right now. Like I know you from your statuses and stuff that you post, you're building your own male grooming brand. You're doing email marketing and all these other things, but we'll start off from the top. The first thing I want to ask you about is you said you're building up your male grooming brand based on SEO. And that was like a lot of posts that you did. So a lot of what we've heard in starting a brand generally is running social media ads, working with influencers, building up your list and doing your presence. Why are you taking this approach of doing SEO and being so patient with it rather than doing it the way that everyone else is doing it? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons, but I guess the biggest reason was that before this male, this men's grooming brand, which is called Rooftop Squad, I, I started in apparel and that was when I, that was about four years ago. That's how I got, that's how I made a switch from like the whole online course business to the e-commerce space. And what I learned during that space at the, at the time, I didn't know how hard apparel was and I didn't know how margins worked. I didn't know how any, like I knew marketing, but I didn't know the economics of e-commerce. And so I did everything wrong. And I picked, obviously, e apparel happens to be one of the, the e-commerce categories you can get into when it comes to margins and, and you know, SKUs and all that kind of stuff. And, but going through the process of how, understanding how hard that kind of stuff is, I was, when I decided to do it again, I've been working on Rooftop Squad for the past 12, 13 months now, I realized, okay, everything that I did back then, I need to do the opposite for this time. And back then I was doing what everyone would tell you to do launch a product, do Facebook ads, do influencers and stuff like that. And I did that, all that stuff back then and it didn't work. Now, I didn't know why it didn't work. Now I know why uh, it didn't work. And when I started 12 months ago, the reason I thought was like, okay, you know what? If that did not work for me, what would the opposite look like? And then does it align with my strengths? And because I, I been a copywriter since I was 16, so 12 years, 12 years now, what can I do that's within there? And it happens to be, writing that's kind of like the, the common denominator between my strengths regardless of whatever category whatever i go into so anything that's direct response friendly like male group, uh, men's grooming seo cop email copywriting anything that's re reliant on on writing i'm actually pretty good at and so when you combine those two things where i wanted to build an organic audience so that i could deal with margin issues and all the the issues that you normally face when you are a new brand like you have your lowest margins you have a product that you have no idea if it's going to sell you have all these different things plus the, my strength of writing i decided you know what let me go ahead and build that audience first make money in multiple ways ads affiliate email sponsors and direct consumer brand on top of that and so that's basically the thinking behind it so just to follow up that question, you said you were doing ads and you were doing all these things. So what exactly went wrong with that? Like, why did it go wrong? Because you always hear the success stories of people just pumping money into these ads and doing all these things. We've actually had a similar scenario because we bought a business called ClassCast, which did online yoga and fitness. And we tried to pump money into it and run ads and it didn't work. And we understood that. And we did a post-mortem episode that we just dropped the other day saying, this is what wrong, went wrong. What went wrong in your scenario? 
Yeah, definitely 100%. It was margin. I, I believe at the time I had like a 30% margin for a t-shirt that cost $58 for guys, like an athletic, it was an athletic t-shirt. And I had a really good USP. It was military grade anti-odor technology. That's what I, that's the way that I positioned it. And the same, by the way, same exact technology that Lululemon uses and, and Roan, Roan Apparel, they use the same one on their shirts. So I use the same thing, but I, re, I rebranded it basically. And people loved it. Problem was the margins. There was no way, when you're selling a high priced t-shirt to guys, which is already hard enough in of itself, uh, selling them something that's like, and they like the anti-odor stuff, but like at 30% margin, when you're running ads to that, you're just not going to be profitable, especially at the beginning. And it's only one product, by the way. And you can't, it's hard to sell that in bulk. I only had one uh, colored t-shirt too. So it was only in black. So it's hard to do multiple bundle sales or any of that kind of stuff. Plus, I didn't know this at the time, but I had, I, it, it took a year to make the freaking product. And then when I did ads, it was like in, in November. So we're talking like high price stuff. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know, like, I knew it was going to be higher, but I didn't know it was going to be like crazy high. But what I realized was like the, the product cost $58 and then it cost me $250 to acquire a customer. And I was like, nah, this is not going to work. This is impossible. So I just, that's when I just stopped it basically. So SEO wise, what are you doing now in terms of your tactics? Are you building out blogs? Are you doing backlinks? What are you doing to build up that male grooming brand through SEO? Yeah. So what I'm, I'm building it, almost not even thinking about the men's grooming brand. What I'm actually doing is, is building like a content, like a media company. That's what I'm basically what I'm doing. And so I'm building of two types of content, educational content, how to use shaving cream, right? That's an example of educational content as well as affiliate content, best shampoo, best smelling shampoo for men, right? So those two types of content, pieces of content and just publishing a crap ton of those. And then backlinks, prim- at the, at the, I used to uh, pay other services to do the whole backlink stuff and it actually doesn't work. They'll suck basically. And so I'm pivoting more to digital PR and stuff like that. But that's basically how I'm getting backlinks. And that's really all there is to it, to SEO. As long as you do the keyword research, you pick the, the articles that go with it and then do backlinks. That's pretty much all there, all there is to it. Now, the one big thing is that e-commerce SEO, and I didn't know this at the time when I started SEO 13 months ago, e-commerce SEO is different from what I'm doing right now. And I didn't know that. I thought they were one and the same. I thought it was you build an audience, uh, build a list. And then you launch the brand and you can do that. And that's actually what a lot of the big brands do, like Food52, Glossier, all those big brands, that's what they do. But e-commerce SEO is actually a bit different because while what I'm doing is a lot more top of funnel, essentially. So you're getting tr- a lot of traffic coming in and you're just trying to get a lot of clicks and, add, and impressions and stuff like that for ad display revenue. E-commerce SEO is actually the opposite. You are trying to rank landing pages or the, co- the actual collection pages and the product pages. Those are the things you want to rank for. And then the articles themselves, uh, the, the stuff that you write is just a, it's extra stuff that brings in extra traffic, but they are primarily there to support those collection pages and product pages. So this is very bottom of the funnel. And so they're actually very two different things. And I thought they were one and the same when I started, but since it's working for me, the doing the top of funnel stuff and building the content site, I'm just going with that because it is my strength. And you know what, let me just go all in with that and launch the, the consumer brand on, on top of it worst case scenario i can always do it on, on a separate domain and do e-commerce seo specifically for that but i don't even have to it's working the way it is and working the way it is you know
So you don't think you're going to transition eventually. You're just starting, you're just going to go top of funnel and you're going to keep it going that way. And then eventually bring the brand out and, and see what happens in terms of sales. Or are you going to start focusing on like the product pages and collection pages? Yeah, the plan is just to keep going because I want the media property, the blog to be profitable on its own, even if I never make a single sale of my shampoo or soap, whatever it is I'm selling. I want the, the, the blog to be profitable through affiliates, display, all that stuff. And then I'm still thinking it through. It has more to do with positioning and what I want, how, how, how the traffic turns out when it comes, when I reach 500 pages or a thousand pages on the blog. But the plan is just to have it on a separate subdomain. I forgot how I actually go. Rooftop Squad. It's actually, no, store.rooftopsquad.com. That would be the subdomain, for example, and have the Shopify store there as the backend. Because if, the, if I'm getting a, a, a ton of traffic and it is targeted traffic and I have a bottom of the funnel email uh, newsletter opt-in box thingy, it will be just fine. It won't be, it won't maximize the amount of direct consumer sales, but I'm still as a whole business, it's still going to be super profitable for me, especially now where there's like so many supply chain issues. Plus on top of things like, like iOS 14, how I did it to ads, plus things like new things like NFTs and stuff. When you combine all things together, it just seems to me that's a lot smarter to go that route. Now, if for some reason I, I find a really good USP or something for the brand, or something that we're like a real good reason that it has to stand on its own, then I'll do it. But it is more, it's not necessarily more difficult, but it is, it does get make things more complicated than they have to be. So it's like, if I'm only making three, 4,000 a month through ad displays and, and, and that kind of stuff, well, then I'll do it separately. But I'm making like 12,000 a month, they don't have to do it separately because I don't need a seven figure DTC brand at that point. I, it, it just gotta be, make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It almost seems like you're viewing it as two separate businesses that could at one point become one business instead well, of like one large opposite one. Way, opposite way. So one okay. business that could become two separate businesses. I see. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And yeah, that's, that's actually, really that's, it's very common where you see like a wellness mama. They are a huge health brand and they are wellnessmama.com. And then the owner, she, she separated wellness spelled differently in a weird way but wellness.com for the actual direct consumer brand. But then there are other brands like you will see like Barstool or other you know, media companies. They just have a little store section in the same brand and, and keep it there. And that's how I would prefer it because it's a lot simpler. And if, mm. I, don't, if, I, I, don't need, if I don't need to build a seven-figure e-commerce brand, I'm not going to. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's just, it's just to make the money to you know, live my life essentially. And then when you combine that with the content stuff, that's good. But if the content stuff is not enough, then as long as it's enough to like help me build the next thing, then you know, like on, on like a separate brand, it works. And it's still going to work no matter what, because you have, as long as it's bottom of the funnel traffic, bottom of the funnel mm -hmm. opt-ins, and you do, you treat it like, like instead of me selling other people's stuff in my affiliate articles, I just put myself number one and stuff and my own products instead. So it's going to bring traffic no matter what I do. It's just more of an optimization thing. You want to maximize every inch of what you got or or do you just want to keep it simple and, and stuff yeah so how do you think about the the differences between these different i don't know what to call them seo and email marketing and sms these different avenues for connecting and driving traffic to me it's all one it's all one big thing it's another reason why i like to keep it together it's one experience that the customers and so if you're if, you're, if i publish 
a thousand articles on men's grooming and stuff. And then, and then all their, and you know, I become the next, the goal is to be the glossier, but for guys essentially, or into the gloss for, but for guys together, it's like they come in through, through an article, they get uh, the emails. And then in those emails, they're going to have more articles and then more promotional stuff for the men's grooming in the same brand. So the rooftop squad shampoo, rooftop squad soap or whatever. To me, it's just one big experience. And that's going to be the biggest challenge, uh, in my opinion, is like how, because normally speaking, e-commerce, <clears throat> SEO traffic like that doesn't convert that well for e-commerce. But also most people who do it that way don't try to create an entire experience around it. Like, they're, like they treat it too much, two separate things, but there are brands that do it. Goop does it extremely well. I forgot some, I think it's called Milk Street. They, they're another ones that do really well. Mr. Porter stuff does like really well stuff like that so that's the goal really gotcha that makes sense i love that you're like a student of all of this you're, you're listing off different examples this is how they do it here i like that but not this part of it yeah how, how much of uh, studying other people have you done on this oh that's half of what i do because again my background is copywriting i'm a direct response copywriter and really the number one thing that you learn as a copywriter is research and you learn when you do the research, you are doing like both analytical and anecdotal research. Like you're looking in the psychology be behind why people do things. Plus you learn like the actual, like what's the, how do you, how do you create a funnel? How do you create an email flow? What, how do people go from one step to the next step? So it's combined with both. And so when I do the research, uh, you know, like I just found out about Mr. Porter like a couple of days ago, but for a couple other, like other examples like Glossier and stuff, it's literally just like following them and reading everything I can about them, going through the, through the funnel steps and stuff like that, and then analyzing why they're doing the things that they do. I think a lot of them, everyone has, every business is going to have bad points to it because everyone has their strengths. So everyone's going to have weakened. So the idea is to collect all the strengths, put it all together. So speaking of strengths, one of your things that you talk about is your strength is copywriting and email marketing. So we're going to ask you a little bit about that. You said you're specializing in working with six to eight figure brands and driving more conversions, more sales. And we've heard how extremely important it is these days with the updates to iOS 14 in terms of like how, how you should be building up your list and emailing all these people. And that's probably one of the things that I'm the worst at. I just don't understand it, but I know the importance of it. And I was able to go out there and build some lists. But if you were building, helping these people build up their list, let's say they didn't have existing lists and you're trying to help build up the list, what would you do to help build up their list? And what is it that you do differently with your email marketing that helps boost those sales? One question with that, do they have a traffic or not? Do they have traffic? Let's say they, let's say both two parts, they have traffic or they don't. Okay. So hard, let's go with the hard one first. If they do have traffic, it's just an opt-in box basically. And you, all you need to do is put the opt-in box. It could either be, there's probably three ways you could do it. One opt-in box is like the standard one you see in e-commerce. Get 10% off if you sign up now. That's the simplest one. And it works extremely well. So that's the easiest way to get it, uh, to do it. Number two, especially for like health categories and like personal care categories, a quiz flow would be really great. So take this quiz to get your custom routine, your you know, skincare routine right? Those work extremely well too. They don't, I don't think that in terms of conversion, right? They don't get as many subscribers, but the subscribers you get are way more profitable. So it's still a really great thing to do. And then the third one, I've tried this a lot less, but it looks promising. 
is to do very similar to the first option, which is get 10% off. But instead of a, an opt-in box that just says get 10% off, you say, hey, do you want 10% off your first order? Yes or no? If they click yes, then they get the, the opt-in box that says get 10% off whatever, give us your email address. That's called a two-step opt-in. And it just seems like because there is a, a micro action before they actually give you the email, it, it seems like it does increase opt-in rates. And so if you're going to, if you're trying to increase, you're trying to build a list, but you already have traffic, that's the route I would go. Now, if you do not have traffic, this is where it becomes more complicated. Now it has a lot more to do with the economics of your brand, of your product, as well as your particular strengths as a marketer. If you are in a high margin category, like supplements, like women's skincare, like pet supplements, like that kind of stuff, it's a matter of fact of, of running ads to some type of bundle, something like that. And then you're getting, doing as best as you can to break even or, or at least get close to it. So you can afford it. And then you get, you acquire subscribers that way, basically to there. Or if you are, you could do the whole SEO route, like I'm doing now, right? You, you have your product, you find the keywords for it. And then you just, you, you rank your collection pages, your product pages, and any articles for those particular keywords and sales is email subscribers. Plus the opt-in box in of itself gets you other email subscribers. So those how, that's how you would build the list essentially. And in terms of what to do from there on, my strategy basically is to send a lot of email. That's really what it comes down to because that email marketing is all about execution. It has nothing to do with how pretty the emails are, even though it, if you want to look good, you could do it. You could look good. That's up to you, but it has, no, it has nothing to do with that kind of stuff. Just send a lot of emails, make sure you have all your flows in terms of how many emails I recommend, two to three emails per week plus resends of each of those emails. So if you're sending two emails a week, you're doing resends twice. So it's four emails a week, essentially. All right. If it's three emails a week, you do three resends. Because I've been noticing there's like different styles of emails that are going out there. And what I've been looking at a lot recently is pre-launch emails, just because that's the kind of field that I'm into. Just like you, I'm learning off of what other people are doing and they're doing stuff like building public, talking about what they're doing with their business. But then I think I noticed in some of the emails that you're doing, obviously they're more established. They're like promotional and they talk about like the product. So maybe do you do both of those things or do you do specifically one or the other? So I do everything basically because it has nothing to do with how young the business is. It has mm -hmm. more to do with, with the psychology of the consumer at that particular point in time. So if people are signing up for your, for a 10% off coupon, they already know they have a problem. They know there is a type of solution. And at that point, they more than likely know that you have a particular solution. So when it comes to the emails, when you're sending emails, now you have to send emails to people who are who know there are solutions out there or who know that you have a particular solution. And from there, and, that, and that's basically what you, in most emails, that's where you teach people about the USP. That's where you say us versus brand A, brand B. This is how our manufacturing process looks like, all that kind of stuff. And then plus on top of those, then you do that stuff like, hey, get 10% off, you know, go buy now type of stuff. And that's basically what it is. It's more about the psychology of the consumer. But if you're a young brand and you're doing pre-launches, it's literally the same thing. But instead, you just change the copy to say, We're, our thing is coming out in three months, pre-order now. That's the, basically the only differences. So it's, it's a lot more about psychology, the buyer behavior, where they are in the customer. Interesting. 
So I think we're going to get to the point here where Nick and I are going to be guilty of asking you questions because we're building up our email list. So maybe I'll let Nick start and I'll let you know what he's working on right now. And you can break down what he's doing and how you could help him build an email list. Yeah. So I have a newsletter, kind of think of it like, like morning brew, but it's very targeted towards crypto. It's like all crypto articles, what's going on, like different analytics, stuff like that. We're at about 600 email subscribers. We get like a few thousand impressions a day on Google and we're running some ads to the site to, to build up that email. We're not crazy traffic. We're about six months in. So we just started hitting like some real Google traffic, like in the sandbox for that. And we're starting to lean pretty heavily into SEO. And I can actually send you the site, but we, we have it optimized. So it's like you pop in there. The first thing is subscribe to the newsletter, that general workflow. So I guess my questions there would be, where are the big points to focus? Is it like optimizing copy on conversion? Is it Facebook ads and Google ads, or is it like double down on SEO? What do you think would be like the first intuition? Do you have a product yet? So we don't have a product yet. Our goal for that is one, the newsletter is going to be like largely ads and pay for it through that downstream. We're looking at going, okay, we can launch. There's a whole ton of like crypto stuff, like DAOs and <laughs> NFT projects and that whole yeah. world. And then there's also like uh, job boards we view as like a big leverage point. And how many subscribers you say you had? So we're at like 600 now. <laughs> we haven't really completely dumped fuel on the fire yet for, uh, for ad growth, but ad or organic traffic is now picking up. Yeah. To me, I would not worry about optimizing any landing page or whatever. If you got something there, especially if it's a, hey, we have, as long as the copy on the homepage or whatever your landing page is, is benefit driven and it tells people, hey, sign up to our newsletter, it's going to be okay. It, it's possible that you could increase conversion. Increasing conversion when you're only getting, I don't know, 100 people a month is not going to do much. So what you really want to do at that point is and you have no product. So there's no way you can, you're going to, use paid ads to to get a return anytime soon so to me it sounds like what you really need to do is two things one triple down on seo and by that there's two things you can do one is you publish a lot more and two is do a lot more backlinks okay and then the next step after that while you're trying to do that and, and probably you should spend like six months doing that before doing anything else but then i would also add in like the way that morning brew has the rewards uh, program that they have at the bottom. But the problem with that, you do need traffic coming in. You do yeah. need subscribers uh, a decent amount for that to even be worth it. So, and if, so if you're going to do it, do the SEO stuff, get your backlinks. And one more thing, when you're doing the articles, when you're publishing the articles, front load them. By that means, do, don't write. So if you can afford to write two articles a week for six months, that's great. But if you can afford it, Instead of waiting six months to write what would be like 48 articles, do mm. that in three months, right? Gotcha. If you can, because the faster you, you get stuff published, the more time you have those things picking up rankings on Google. So by the time you get six months from now, you already had three months of, your, of those articles already picking up steam, okay? Yeah. So if you front load the publishing and you work on backlinks through interviews, through guest posts, through Harrow, or whatever, those kind of things, those will, will, will do that. And that's basically it for now until you launch a product. Once you launch a product, then you could do ads and you could do all sorts of things. So when you go backlinks, it seems like most of the work is trying to figure out how the hell you get backlinks. It's, yeah, That's been my experience. We're at like a 100, 150 articles up right now. So there's a good amount of content there. And I haven't found any like easy ways to get backlinks. 
<laughs> is yeah, there, there, like... is, there is no easy okay. way to get backlinks. Like <laughs> it, it is the most excruciating thing of life. Like if I knew about backlinks when I started SEO, I probably would not have done it because it's hard. But with that said, it, it's actually, it, it is simple. It's just, it's just a lot of work. It's, again, it's just getting on interviews, getting your links, links pointed to your site. Harrow is really good if you can. That's actually pretty easy to outsource. So it would be, if you have the money for that, I definitely what do it. What is that, Harrow? Yeah, help a reporter out. Basically, uh. yeah, they basically send uh, queries to you every day about different topics that you could pick from. So yours is crypto, so it's business related. I'll do, if you do it yourself, you, I don't know how many you could do by yourself, but basically every single day you'd have something in the business section that you could probably reply to. And every, if you do it decently enough, every 15 queries will lead to one backlink around there. It usually takes gotcha. like three to six weeks or something like that, depending on different publishers when they publish and stuff. Yeah, I'll just do that. Harrow is super, super good. And if you're gonna outsource it, Harrow. Don't worry about any of these other like backlink services, whatever you want digital PR and you only want good links. So Harrow doing interviews, guest posts, being featured as an expert anywhere, that kind of stuff. And it's really just a grind to be honest with you. Gotcha. Awesome. What do you mean by outsourcing Harrow? There are, there are agencies uh, like PR SEO agencies that will have a Harrow service. Basically what they do is that you just pay them and then they have writers and stuff who will act as you essentially as the expert ghostwriting, essentially is what it is. Wow. It's ghostwriting. And so they'll, <laughs> yeah, they just spam it basically with your expertise. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's my turn to be uh, very selfish and ask you questions. And this is actually up your alley anyways. I'm going to build up like a supplement brand. It's a little bit different. It's like a protein powder. It's different from what's on the market right now. Not a lot of people have done this particular type of protein. And like I was mentioning to you, like I was going to try and build up a pre-launch. So what I have right now is I have a landing page. I went off of Nick Sharma's created landing page template, did basically everything that was on there. I got like a Shopify store, just waiting on my products so I can do some mock-ups on the actual label and all that kind of stuff. It's going to run some ads towards it, get in touch with some TikTok influencers and run some TikTok ads and just drive signups for the emails so that it can gauge like, is there interest in this product? What's my email list? Because I don't really know about SEO. In me presenting the idea and my checklist here, like what do you think of that checklist or what would you say I should do instead? So you are, you're collecting emails on that landing page or you're getting sales? Collecting emails because I'm not doing any sales yet. What I want to do is build up that email list. And then once I start building up that email list, I'll start emailing them on a regular basis, telling them my story about how I'm building up the product. And then when I'm ready to launch, then I have it all okay. go down on a certain day, basically like a countdown to, I don't know, let's say like March 20th. And then everybody goes on the page and that way I can send an order into the supplement company and be like, Hey, I got 150 orders. Got it. Okay. So you're past the validation phase. You're just getting ready for pre-launch. You're getting ready for the, for the actual launch. Validating. I've only done market research. I've done research on other companies. I bought their products, but I haven't specifically gotten the emails yet because I don't have the mock-ups done, 3D mock-ups okay. done of my branding and labeling yet. But you haven't like ordered any inventory? No, nothing. Okay. So what I would do, like if I was in your situation, the very first thing I'd want to do is validate the brand. Mm -hmm. and, the re the, and the reason why I asked you, are, if you're getting sales or you're getting email, email subscribers is I would actually 
to validate, you want sales. You don't want yeah. email subscribers, right? You want sales and you want, especially if you're doing ads, you want sales so that you can actually calculate what's your ROAS, what's your MER, what's all that stuff and see if the math even works. Now, supplements are, happen to be high margin. So it's pr it'll probably work for you, right? Um, and then from there, the problem with SEO, so the problem with SEO when it comes to supplements in particular, or actually anything helper, there's actually a thing in the SEO space called YLM or something like that, your life your, or your money. Those type of niches are actually really hard to, to do in really hard to rank for in Google and Google usually slaps those pretty, mm. pretty often. So I would, so for you, SEO would be like a secondary traffic source. So, so you could rank for your thing, but in terms of what you've got, it is a little bit difficult because now it comes down to what is your budget to actually run the thing. Cause you have, you don't have, any, you're not making money on the front end cause you have no product yet. And SEO wise, you only have a landing page, but you have, you have, you have Shopify. So you could technically you could start ranking for articles if you want, but articles are going to take six to eight months to rank for it. So it comes down to really what is your budget that, that, that you have at the moment, how much you're willing to spend up front, essentially, and then go from then go from there. So it's a little bit, yours is definitely a little bit harder to say. So if you, if you have more information for me, I could maybe that'll help. Okay. Yeah. So you would say like the first things first, just try and validate, try and get a sale and then see how much it costs to get that sale. And go back to them and be like, oh, sorry, we're actually not selling this yet. Something like that. And then go back to building up the actual email list because then I know, okay, this is my ROAS. I know it's profitable. I can go back to building up that list and eventually doing a real launch. Exactly. Yeah. You want to know that stuff as soon as possible, especially before you order inventory. You want to test your USP. You don't need the best ads in the world, but you, and you don't have to be like profitable or, you, or even break even, but you, if, if you're, if you're close enough, essentially at the very beginning, before you do any type of optimization, then you're solid that I, I would still go for it. Cause then you can add bundles, you can have, you have the back end, and you can do better ad creative and all that kind of stuff. So that would be fine. But for now I would say validate it with real sales first, and then think about what you're going to do to build the email list after that. And the sale should be based on an ad I'm running, not like going to Reddit or answering questions or whatever. Honestly, it, it doesn't matter at this point. If ad, if ads is going to be your primary acquisition method post-launch, then yes, I would want you to do ads. Um, but really, as long as you're getting sales, you, you should be good. And again, supplements are high margin. So unless you're making some crazy supplement that lowers the margin by like 20%, then I think you should be fine on the margin side of things. But, but yeah, most important thing is, are you getting sales? Do people like your USP? And then ideally you also know the cost, the cost to acquire a customer with ads. All right. You, we really went into it hard with those questions. <laughs> no, it's you fun. Them really good. It's really fun. I've actually once started a supplement brand. So I, I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> What I'm hearing from you is like people over-optimize, right? Because I think a few times through this interview, you've said, don't worry about optimizing that. It'll probably be just fine and you'll get a good idea. Yes. Uh, and it happens again in email marketing too. I see it all the freaking, it's not that, it's, it's, I don't know if it over-optimize is the right word. It's more like people focus on the small things too much. You want to focus on the big levers that are going to do stuff. So for example, like in email marketing, a lot of brands, what they love to do is like split test subject lines. But split testing subject lines actually does nothing. It does nothing for your email marketing, literally nothing. 
And especially the way the brands do, because in Klaviyo, you can set it up so that send, like you have subject line A and subject line B and send it out to, to 20% of the list and, and, and you know, figure out how it works. Problem is one, there's no statistical significance. So it's not even gonna work, even if it was not gonna do anything, even if it did you know, show a difference. And two, it almost never shows a difference. But what does work is having a really good topic talk about a really good offer that you're going to promote that's a big lever and then later only after you've tried everything do you then optimize all the smaller things and even then you still have to like prioritize what are the things you're gonna you're gonna test and again most of the time it's gonna be offer and traffic source and that's pretty much all there like those are the primary things and then the creative of bit the angle that you're going after not the color of the button yeah I can tell you after six months of sending out emails, almost nothing has moved the needle on like open rates or click-throughs. There's been one thing that has really made an impact and that is emojis in the email content line. Really? <laughs> Somehow works? the emoji is like almost double digit bump. If you have an emoji, it's like way higher. That is actually really interesting. I've heard some people have that same experience. I haven't had that same experience, mm-hmm. but I'm actually not too surprised because you aren't a, I mean, you're in a content, you're, you're in a media company type of situation. But yeah, that's actually really cool. But yeah, and, and that's how it is most of the time. Like it's, you might have those small surprises like the emoji thing, but almost always, like, especially through emails, like who's, who's the email being sent from? What is the angle of the email? You know, what's the offer that you actually you know, have in the email itself? And that's, those are the big things. Like you're going to optimize those things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the questions we love asking our guests before we wrap things up is if you were to give advice to people out there who are starting their own businesses or trying to grow their businesses with email marketing or SMS or even SEO, let's say it's one thing, you can't tell them everything. What would you say to them? That's a hard one. Okay. I'm going to pretend I'm talking to myself back when I was starting out when I was 16 years old. It would be, and does it have to be e-commerce related, uh, specific? No, let's, let's not even, whatever you okay. think would be good advice. So the one mistake that I, I wish that I, I, I could go back in time and switch is actually, I would not be a copywriter. I would not have been become a copywriter. What I wish what I would have done is learn a traffic-based skill, paid media, SEO, YouTube, anything other than like CRO or stuff like that. The reason why is that the, the majority of businesses, they fail because of lack of traction. If you cannot get traffic to your thing, you are not going to make a sale, no matter how optimized your thing is. Now, there are a lot of, especially like direct response marketers, which is the world I come from, they'll tell you, no, you get your stuff to convert really well, then traffic comes like a tsunami. You just you know, open the floodgates and boom, you get traffic. But it's like that, the traffic part, like if you don't get that part, we still don't like most of the conversions side of things, what makes conversions work is the offer. It's like, it has nothing to do with you are a CRO genius. It's because you sold something people wanted. So as as long as assuming you have the part where you sell something people want, the rest comes to traffic, at least, at least to get you off the floor. Then you can hire agencies and CMOs and whatever to do all the crazy stuff for you. But if I were to start over again, it would definitely be get really good at a particular traffic skill, whether it's SEO, YouTube, or any of that kind of stuff. Because once that happens, then it's easy to make money on the back end. And then and, and then from there, like you just grow. Like you can you can go from zero to one like that, but you cannot go zero to one if you're standing in the middle of the sidewalk you're trying to sell something, but no one's walking by. So you, you gotta have something, you know. Yeah. So basically you're saying if you got the best offer in the world, but no one is looking at it. Who are you going to sell it to? 
Yeah, exactly. And like, again, the conversion side of things is a great offer. If you need to have the offer stuff, it's usually, especially in, in, in B2C, right? In business to consumer products, it's very hit or miss. It's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit you knowing the, the audience. It's a little bit, you, you saw some other one, some other person do it, so you, so you copied it. So it's a little bit, it's, it's a lot of, it's hard to be exact about it, but that's primarily the main way people get. The people who know nothing about business, they'll build an eight-figure supplement brand just because they somehow figured out the right supplement to sell. But they had, they sucked in the, in the copyright, they sucked the ad creator, they sucked at everything else. But it made, it was, because it, it worked out because they knew what to sell, or at least they got lucky enough to, to know what to sell. But then from there, it's just traffic. You, you got what to sell? Okay, you send traffic. And especially in e-commerce, like a lot of the creative stuff is actually easy. It's really easy. And at least re- relative to other like SaaS or info products or stuff like that, it's yeah. actually re- relatively easy. So yeah. Nice. Awesome. For all those people who are trying to connect with you, Danavir, how would they connect with you? Would they go through Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter? What kind of places were you at? Yeah, so two places. Uh, if you want to talk to me more on a daily basis or whatever, you can go Twitter at Dan Versaria, right? Or if you want to hire me for you know, e-commerce email marketing, if you, you run an e-commerce brand, just go to supplydropmedia.com. All right, perfect. We'll link you in the description below in this episode. Thank you very much for joining the show. We really appreciate you having you on, blasting you with all these marketing questions that we had. It was really fun having you. And for all of our super fans joining us for our first interview of 2022, we thank you. We love your loyal following. And until the next time, we'll see you again. You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build Podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.